Hello, hello, hello. Guess who's back, baby? <laughs> I'm back. And I might start the beginning of every podcast episode like this because if I continue to take two month hiatuses, then I mean, we're going to have to reintroduce myself every single time we come back to this. No, I'm kidding. Um, hello. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new here, my name is Megan, also known as Balancing Meg on Instagram and the brand. Uh, this is my podcast, Balance and Blossom, where the intention is really to focus on finding balance within the mind, body, and spirit, and also inviting a sense of rebirth and blossoming and yeah, really stepping into that version of you that you so badly want to be. And um, yeah, I wanted to hop on here because I'm feeling inspired. I'm feeling it's been a couple months. I haven't said anything. Um, Podcasts are such a beautiful way to create meaningful connection with my community and I love it. I love coming on here and just going on a riff and talking for who knows how long and just seeing what comes of it. And I always get such great responses from all of you. And the main thing is that a lot of you have said that it's so authentic and it's so real. Um, And that's my main purpose here with this platform is to really provide like a behind the scenes um, authentic look and an authentic glimpse of, of part of my life because I can only do so much with Instagram and I find it hard to try and put everything into like a nice and neat little box <laughs> or square. Um, so the podcast gives me this beautiful outlet to really just be messy and intentional and yeah, see what comes up. And I've missed you guys. Um, I've missed this. I've missed coming on here and speaking and just connecting and hanging out. So yeah, where to begin? Um, it's been a while. A lot has happened. <laughs> Let's just dive right into it. So today's January the 12th. Um, I will hopefully put this out shortly after, but just wanted to give some context as to timings and so that you know that I didn't record this like, I don't know, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and now I'm just recycling. Um, no, but it's, it's January 12th and we had New Year's, we had Christmas, I had a big move, Uh, I had a big trip, Uh, I had (laughs) quite a few experiences over the last three, four months, Um, and I feel like I'm finally kind of getting my grip on it all and navigating everything. So yeah, this episode, I really just wanted to give you a little bit of a life update, a behind the scenes into... um, my life. And with that, I think a lot of lessons and teachings and um, nuggets of wisdom, as I call them, will come through for you. And I hope that this is just um, a safe place for you to come where you can know that you're not alone if you're on this journey or if you're wanting to step onto this journey. Hopefully this inspires you. So I'm going to give a little bit of a life update and then I wanted to talk a little bit about self-compassion too because that's a common theme that's been like woven through the last few months for myself. Um, I think it's a beautiful lesson, self-compassion to always come back to. And if there's, yeah, like one 
overarching theme uh, for me to implement into my life. It has been self-compassion. If you're like me in any sense, or if anything I've ever said that's resonated with you, chances are, or if you're just a human being, chances are you've had those moments where you're like really critical and really harsh towards yourself to the point where people are like, whoa, why are you so rude to yourself? (laughs) And so self-compassion has really been this massive theme to integrate into my life because yeah, when you start to actually pay attention to your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions and how you show up in the world, you start to see that, yeah, this is not coming from a place of loving kindness towards myself. It's coming from a place of I don't believe I'm worthy, you know? So yeah, let's get into a little bit of a life update. I <laughs> I went to Hawaii. <laughs> um, that was, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know how to put it into words still, even though it was like two months ago because the experience was just so life-changing. And I don't use that word lightly, Um, I don't just like throw that word around, but this experience was truly awakening and transformational in the sense that I came home and knew that my life would not be the same after that. And I think a lot of big experiences can have that effect for us. A lot of spiritual experiences can have that effect. And I think in conjunction with you know, letting a lot of things from the past go, going through heartbreak, moving into a new a new home with new people, meeting new friends, creating a community. I think with all of that, the experience in Hawaii really was like this catalyst for change and for transformation. So yeah, um, Hawaii was epic. It was fucking beautiful. And I can't wait to go back. To be honest, I never thought I would really go to Hawaii. I never felt the call or the pull to go there in my life. I mean, of course, I thought like, oh, one day I'll go to Hawaii, you know, but um, it beautifully manifested into my life and I am so incredibly grateful. And when I saw that this trip had manifested and that that was from my own doing, (laughs) I was kind of shook because then I knew from that moment that I needed to be more intentional with the words and the things that I speak out loud because if they are meant for me and if they are coming from my heart's desires, then chances are they will manifest into into actuality. So it was late October, I want to say. I was sitting in my condo with two of my friends and we were just talking about the future. We were talking about um, business and what we want to offer and living together and all of these cool experiences that were happening for us. And I remember just saying to them, you know, I really want to go on vacation this winter. Like it's been a while. I haven't been somewhere tropical because of the lockdown and everything. Of course, I said, I haven't been anywhere tropical or warm um, since I went to Bali in January of 2020. And I said, I just really want to go away this winter and just get back to the beach because that is like my home. That is where I feel most at home and most comfortable and most safe. And most like myself, um, being at the beach is really like an outlet for creative, um, 
playful, fun energy for me. And so I said, I just really want to go to the beach like this winter. (laughs) Um, I said, I don't know where I want to go. I don't know when. I just know that like this winter I will go away. Me thinking in the back of my mind, like, oh, maybe I'll go to Tulum or something. Maybe I'll go to Mexico. And then two days later, I am checking my phone and I get an email and it says it's from this mindfulness um, course that I'm in. And it says that they have one spot that just opened up on their Hawaii retreat and they're offering it for 50% off. And they said it's first come first serve. Whoever responds to this email and sends us the payment, like we'll get to go first. And I'm like, holy shit, like Hawaii, like a mindfulness retreat, 50% off. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, how do I say no to this? And I was like, but I can't go. Like, I was like, I have to work. I have a life here. Like, I have to like, it's in like three weeks. How am I supposed to go? And then I sat with it for a minute and I was like, okay. I was like, if it's still available by the time I get home and go on my laptop, then I'll consider it. And so I get home. I like look it up. I look at the place. I look at flights to Hawaii, which were really inexpensive Um, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) if it's still available in a couple hours, then I'll consider going. (laughs) And so I think it ended up, I ended up going and I had something to do. It was like a couple hours and then I checked and it was still available. They were like, if this link still works, then it means that the the spot is still available. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's been like another three hours. This spot is still available. I did know deep in my heart. I was like, this is like, this is an experience that I can't turn down. This is something that I have to do. And this is the answer to the, the call that I put out two days ago. This is the answer to it. And So I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my massage. And when I come back from my massage, if it's still available, then I'm going to book it because the flights to Hawaii were inexpensive. Getting time off work was not a problem. And I was like, you know what? Let's just like sit on it. If it's still there by the time I get home later tonight, it will have been like eight hours. If it's still there, then it's meant for me. Like it's meant to be my trip that I go on. And so I go get my massage and I'm there. I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, okay, universe, like give me a sign, like give me one of like my three signs if I am meant to go on this trip. And so I had asked to see a specific color and I'm in my massage and before the like masseuse, before the RMT, before she comes in, she says, that color out loud in the hallway, like right before she walks in the door, I hear her say that word. And I'm like, Oh my God. And like instantly I'm just felt, I'm just like filled with like this feeling of like deep knowing and trust and excitement and like just pure joy. I'm like, Oh my God, this is meant for me. So I go home. It's still available. And I'm like, fuck it, let's go. I'm like, let's do it. And so (laughs) I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to book it. We're going to go. And so, yeah, I sent the money and they confirmed my spot. And then three weeks later, 
I think it was like two and a half weeks later, even, um, I left and I went. <laughs> and this is like my first solo trip as well. Uh, I had never gone on a plane by myself. I had never traveled alone. So this was such an exciting experience for me. And I met incredible people. I ate amazing food, like all plant-based healthy, nutritional food. Uh, the Hawaii, the, the island is incredible. And we were right down the road from Kualoa Ranch, which is like this magical place with all of these mountains and valleys. And they filmed like Hawaii Five O. They filmed Jurassic Park, which is my favorite movie. I was like, oh my God, this place is like magic. I was like, I'm obsessed. The beaches were beautiful. Uh, the sunrises every morning were incredible. Like I woke up at like six o'clock every morning, like beaming with energy, so excited to go down to the water, sit on the beach, watch the sunrise, do my morning journaling, do like my morning. Normally I do my morning meditation and I was like, you know what? Like I don't even need to do a meditation because I am so present. I am so here for this. And I normally just put my headphones in. I was like, I'm just going to dance. Like so my thing became dancing on the beach in the morning and some of the other people from the retreat would be there and they would just like sit on the sidelines and just like laugh at me and just be like, yeah, do your thing, Meg, like go dance off into the beach and um, into the sunrise. And it was just, yeah. <laughs> wow. This experience was, oh my God, it was so precious. It was like so sacred and so meaningful. We did a ton of inner work. Uh, and so that was, that was the duality of it. Everybody was, um, saying, you know, Oh, I wish I could go to Hawaii for like a mindfulness retreat. Like that seems so relaxing. And as I'm there, like a couple days in, I'm like, Whoa, this is not relaxing. I'm like, this is a true test for me to set my own boundaries because I'm such an introvert and need alone time to recharge. Um, and I was in a house with 11 other people. So the energy was always going and always moving. Uh, so that was a real test to, for me to set my boundaries and also to lean into, you know, just being around people after like the lockdown and everything. So um, every day though was really doing the inner work of like looking at your fears, looking at your traumas, looking at the things that you keep hidden, the things that make up who you are that are somewhat related to like our sub our subconscious beliefs that are like I'm not good enough I'm I'm gonna be left I'm gonna be abandoned like I'm not lovable you know all of these core wounds that um, have been instilled in us in childhood and like really looking at our ego and yeah, I don't, I don't even know what other word to use other than to say like doing the inner work of like taking a good hard look at yourself and healing these aspects and allowing them to come up to be healed. And so uh, although people were like, wow, that seems so relaxing and amazing. I'm like, actually, you know, I'm putting in a lot of work every day. I'm not just like laying on the beach 24-7. I am here like taking a good hard look at myself and seeing what parts of me still need to be healed and still need attention and love and tending to. So that was, um, that was just a funny duality that occurred and that I noticed. And I met so many incredible people, uh, from all over and, uh, 
yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what else is is worth sharing. We did this Satya circle, which is a truth circle. So we all sat around and shared our deepest shame and what that shame was. And the purpose of the Satya circle, the truth circle, is to be completely transparent and honest and share, you know, what is that thing that holds the most amount of shame within us and to let it out and then to burn it in the fire and sharing that with a group of like 12 other strangers was one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do because there was so much resistance to wanting to speak it out into the world and to once you put those things out there, you can't take them back. And really just having to trust the people that you're with to hold space for that and to hold space for you and in all of that shame and all of those fears and all of that pain and that hurt. So this was really, it was big. It was big. It was heavy. And um, it was also really healing and really transformative to speak it out and to also get to more of the root of my sexual shame and my sexual trauma. And it was, it was very much needed And it was also really raw and really emotional and I cried myself to sleep that night and just like those deep sobs of like, fuck, you know. Um, So it was really powerful. And then the next day we woke up and we did a silent uh, retreat day. So it was a day of silence, no speaking, and it was really beautiful. We went into the jungle that was just down the road from us and we spent time without any cell phones, without any people, just ourselves in nature. And it was, again, challenging and really eye-opening. And, you know, it, it brings up a lot of those things. It brings up if you have, like, if you're able to sit there in silence with yourself and to really be alone with your thoughts, because a lot of the times we're always distracting ourselves with our phones, with other people, with just talking and saying, like, saying things just for the sake of saying it. And when you're by yourself in the jungle, no electronics, you have your journal and that's about it. Like what else are you supposed to do other than to really be with yourself? And so for some people, I know that that can be challenging. And um, for myself, I've been working at that for the last year. And this was really like a time of like, okay, like, let's just like chill. Let's like, I don't know, get creative and be fun and playful. And like, you know, I found like these little sticks and I was like drumming and like making music and I'm like hitting things and I'm like touching trees and I'm, yeah, just like making sounds and looking around, seeing what's around me in the environment. And it was really beautiful. And then after that, we had a breath work uh, ceremony and holy crap, if you have never done breath work, (laughs) you're in for a ride. Uh, This experience was, again, life-changing. Like I would say that these two days in the retreat were like the most life-altering because of how powerful they were and how strong they were. And yeah, breath work was just like, wow. It, it, It blew me away. It leaves me wordless. It leaves me speechless. Like I don't even know how to describe it. I have done breath work since. And the second time I did it was, 
yeah, again, same thing, like really powerful, really intense. And I actually did breath work last night too. Um, this one was not as intense and I was by myself, um, just being facilitated virtually, but anyways, so yeah, I had a full spiritual experience with breath work in Hawaii and I've never felt energy like move through my body in this way. And I've never felt this magnitude of like full blown like release from my physical body, like starting from my energetic body and then coming into my physical body and then being released and like literally like coming out of me you know like (laughs) you guys can't see like the motions that I'm doing but it's very hard to describe um or maybe I'm just struggling to describe it but either way it was yeah really really beautiful and really messy and really emotional and really challenging it also you know I, I am a homebody I'm somebody who loves like my comfort and my home and you know, this really challenged that being in Hawaii with a bunch of people that I didn't know. Um, You know, it made me miss home. It made me miss uh, things from my past, people from my past. And that's okay. It's all part of the process. It's all part of the experience. And if I were to really say like, you know, one of the biggest lessons well, there's so many big lessons. I can't even narrow it down. But one of them was really to honor uh, my inner child, baby Meg. And I think the whole retreat uh, kind of was supporting baby Meg and really healing and integrating um, all of the pain and the wounds and um, yeah, healing those wounds that baby Meg has and integrating them and um, allowing myself to leave feeling more whole and more like my full self. So since then, I haven't shut up about baby Meg. I haven't shut up about my inner child because I just find that the work is so profound. I find that the work is so important, uh, reparenting yourself and making contact with that younger version of yourself and seeing how they operate and seeing, you know, what thoughts and what beliefs, what stories are actually related to your inner child and not coming from your conscious, like 26 year old self, because, you know, there's certain actions, there's certain beliefs, um, certain thoughts that manifest in our current, current reality that are actually, you know, it's coming from our, it's coming from our inner child. It's not actually coming from um, our 26 year old current self. And I, and I spoke about this on uh, my Instagram the other day. And as I said, I always find it challenging to express everything in just a simple Instagram post. And so, yeah, this experience really allowed me to make contact and to get in touch with baby Meg and to hear her pain and to hear her sadness and to also see her joy and her like zestfulness, like her, her love of life and to see like her creativity and her silliness and her cuteness, like her innocence, like to see that as well at the same time was, yeah, again, (laughs) powerful, transformational, um, it made a significant impact on my life and how I how I connect with myself now, especially if I'm feeling triggered. And so a couple of weeks ago, or I guess like a week ago, 
had an experience where baby Meg was triggered. You know, there was something that came up. Um, someone had done something and said something and it, it triggered baby Meg. It triggered her emotions and she felt, you know, like that deep wound of, oh, I'm being abandoned and I'm not being chosen. Like that came up again to the surface. And so in that moment, current, current Meg, like current me is like, okay, you know, let's, let's handle this. Like let's, um, let's make sense of this, you know, because I can see that this has nothing to do with me. I understand why that other person is doing this. Uh, but younger me is feeling triggered and I have to acknowledge that I can't just, I can't just dismiss that and say and invalidate her because the more that you invalidate your inner child, the more painful it becomes for them. And these wounds that we have instilled and that we have learned from early, early, early on, the more that we invalidate them in that experience for our inner child, the more painful it becomes for our current self. And coming back to my inner child and just, yeah, that trigger that came up a couple, like a week ago, um, I really sat with myself and, you know, my roommates were there and they're like, how, like, are you okay? You know, because like, you know, it's fine if you're not. And that gave me the permission, thankfully, to be like, no, you know what? Like my inner child is actually really upset. And like, this is the wound that it's bringing up. And like, I need 10 minutes to go cry my eyes out like a little baby. And, and that's okay. And just giving myself that permission to cry and to let it out. And then reparenting myself in that moment and being letting baby Meg know, okay, I see you and I hear you. And I know that this is really real for you. I know that this is a real experience for you right now. And I love you and I'm here for you. Trying to bring in that sense of, um, you know, this is the situation that's actually going on and and making sense of that to like a six-year-old, you know? And so when you speak to yourself in these moments, it's like, you're not speaking to your 26-year-old self, you're speaking to that younger version of you. And so you're really tending to that younger version and saying, you know, I understand how upset you are. And in a gentle way, like this is the reality, like this person didn't say that. And I know that it seems like they did say that, but they never once said that they were not choosing you or they were abandoning you, right? And so really helping your inner child make sense of it so that they can feel more safe and secure. And then when the next time that this does come up or you feel this wound start to resurface if someone does or says something, you can easily tap back into this moment and be like, ah, okay, I recognize this feeling. These are the things that I need to do to support myself. You know, like I need to validate myself and empathize, um, empathize with myself or my inner child and really let them know that it's okay. And then also provide a sense of like, okay, but this is actually the situation, you know, this person didn't mean it. And I love the explanation of triggers being teachers. You know, our triggers are our biggest teachers in life. I truly believe that. And our triggers are nothing, you know, if somebody triggers us, it has, their behavior has nothing to do with us. They're simply just highlighting a part of us that needs tending to. And so I love using, um, 
triggers as tools and as teachers to learn more about myself and see what parts of me are still wounded, like deeply, deeply wounded and that need support and that need love and attention. So when I say that Hawaii and this whole experience was transformational, it really was because it's given me the tools to really support myself and whew, yeah. <laughs> After Hawaii, not going to lie, coming home to the city and it was just getting into the winter season, it was dark. Like it was really dark, you know, Um, having to get back into reality, having to get back into work was challenging because I am such like a tropical person. I love the sun, the beach, the warmth. Like I... I need that in order to truly thrive and feel incredible in my body and in my mind and my spirit. So coming back to Toronto was quite challenging and thankfully I have amazing friends here that I've created beautiful relationships with and you know I found a lot of support with them. And then shortly after, I moved into um, a new home with three, three other, three other women um, that are, oh my god, they are like such a light in my life, and they are the most supportive people I have ever connected with, and it truly is like my soul family. I I know back in. August, I was really affirming, you know, that like I'm going to connect with my soul family. I'm going to connect with like my soul tribe, like my community of like-minded people who really just understand me and really just get me without any explanation. Um, And there's like this deeper level of, you know, we've been connected in past lives together and we have you know, those people that you just meet and you're like, ah, I feel like I've known you forever. So these are these amazing women that I have in my life right now that I'm living with. And um, so this was a really exciting time for me to come into this new house and to connect with them. And yeah, I I won't get into it like completely (laughs) because that's a whole other story. But um, moving in with them has been, again, a catalyst for transformation because every day is like met with, again, like, it's, it's a mirror, you know, um, every day is met with like these, our triggers are our teachers and how can I learn more about myself if I am feeling triggered and also just using our own life experiences and our stories and sharing and connecting with each other, holding space for each other. That is such a catalyst for change and growth because it supports you and it uplifts you. Right. And, um, Yeah, as I said, I'm not going to get completely into it because it's a whole other episode, but that's also where I have been for the last little bit in just spending time with them, deepening my relationships with them and really feeling a sense of like sisterhood and really feeling a strong bond within those relationships. Um, You know, talking about those deep, meaningful things that uh, sometimes it's hard to say and to really create intimacy and vulnerability within my relationships with women. And, you know, I think we're all learning more about that. Um, And us coming together is really helping us heal those feminine wounds that we have within our lives. And so it's been, wow. It's been a lot of learning, a lot of lessons, and a lot of trying to surrender. And I I say trying because I know that the art of surrender is 
not the easiest. Um, so I'm doing my best to surrender and to have patience. So yeah, coming up to like Christmas and New Year's and now we're in 2022, that's been my life is really shedding a lot of layers, shedding a lot of the past, um, getting to like the deep core of who I am and really learning how to trust again, how to keep my heart open, especially when it was really badly broken, really learning how to reparent myself and tend to my needs, really learning how to love myself. And that's, yeah, that's where I've been. <laughs> I'm here. I'm in the thick of it. Um, truly, I am in the thick of it. And you know, I, I, and I wanted this, I wanted this. So every time my ego gets upset for thinking, you know, this is, this is a lot, this is exhausting. This is draining, like doing all this inner work, like having all these deep conversations, doing all this healing is really exhausting. And that's my ego speaking because deep down, deep within my knowing, <laughs> I asked for this and I wanted this because I want to, I want to be on this trajectory of growth and transformation and really healing my own wounds and a lot of ancestral wounds and, you know, being that change maker within my lineage and within my family. And, you know, yeah, I, I asked for this. And so I have a little pity party, sure, and then I get back to it. I get back to my truth, which is this is this is my path. This truly is my path of making a change, making a difference, being the person that, you know, is awake to it all and can help others awaken to their own truth. So <laughs> that's where I'm at, and I guess to tie it into self-compassion is I've had to have a lot of self-compassion and often I forget. Um, I forget that I need that. I forget to invite that sense of self-compassion into my life because sometimes I will get so wrapped up in my ego and I'll get so wrapped up in everything that's going on that I forget to give myself permission. And so um, I'm constantly coming back to that. Like I'll have these moments where I'll just be like, oh yeah, like, you know, like, give yourself compassion, Meg. give yourself permission to feel it. Like there's no shame in your emotions. There's no shame in what you're going through. Like I really feel like in those moments, it is like my soul that comes through and gives me that message because I will get so tied up in my ego and, you know, you get tied up in, in your phone and technology and your friends and, and everything that's going on and you, you just forget. And so, yeah, this, lesson of self-compassion it's really you know there's a lot of research done on self-compassion and there's uh, this woman Kristen Neff and she talks about the three components of self-compassion which are kindness common humanity and mindfulness and I'm not going to break them down entirely you can go and google them but I, I like to think of kindness as this first component of self-compassion as 
you know, how would you talk to a friend if your friend came to you and said, hey, I'm heartbroken because my boyfriend broke up with me and it's because I'm I'm ugly or I'm not good enough. Like, what would you say to that friend? You know, how would you respond to them? And just like letting that sit for a minute because chances are you would be very kind and loving and compassionate and understanding. Chances are you wouldn't tell your friend, yeah, you're right. You you are ugly. You're not good enough. Like there was, there's no way you would say that to your friend or your loved one. Um, so why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we talk to ourselves in that way, right? So that first component of self-compassion is really speaking to your friend or speaking to yourself that you, in the way that you would to a friend is that kindness, peace. Um, and then the second component is common humanity, which is really taking that step back uh, to the bigger picture and remembering, you know, I'm not the only person that has experienced this. There's a lot of people out there who are in a similar situation or who have been in the same boat as me. And with that common humanity, it makes us feel that much less alone. It makes us feel like our problems are valid, but not consuming. So really taking that step back and being like, you know what, like if someone else has been through this and they've gotten to the other side and they're okay and they're doing good, that gives me hope and that gives me inspiration to and motivation to really, you know, that I can get through this and that I can make it to the other side as well. So that's that common humanity. And then the last component is mindfulness. And this is really bringing more awareness to whatever it is, the trigger, the wound, the emotion that is coming up. And the mindfulness is almost like this overarching theme within all of the components, because in order to be kind to yourself and in order to remember common humanity, you have to be mindful. You have to come at the situation with awareness and with intention. So if you are not aware of the fact that you are being mean to yourself or that you are triggered or you are hurt, um, it's going to be a lot more challenging to invite in that sense of kindness, common humanity, and self-compassion if there's no mindfulness involved, right? So mindfulness, it really is like that umbrella over all of the other ones. But it's really being aware of, okay, like this is the sensation that it brings up in my body as well because although this happens in our intellectual mind, it's also happening within our physical body, right? And so the mindfulness piece is really noticing, okay, this, when someone said this to me or when I went through this experience, it really brought up this feeling within my body and I felt this feeling before and now my mind is starting to think, I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable or I'm unworthy or I can't do that, whatever the thought is, you're aware of it happening. And when you're aware, <laughs> you give yourself more freedom because you're bringing in more space, right? So awareness is freedom. And this is something that my teacher, Dr. Atai said, um, and this, he has a book, he has a whole thing 
a whole book on it. Um, but this is something that he says is awareness is freedom, right? So when I have the awareness and the mindfulness to really know what is going on within within myself, within my mind and my body, it gives me the space to then make a different choice to not react out of behavior or out of habit, but to respond differently and have that freedom, you know? So yeah, awareness really is freedom and mindfulness is that last component of self-compassion. So tying that all together, the last four months, I have been thrown off into the fucking deep end, (laughs) Um, truly like catapulted into change and growth. And like, I feel like I've had a magnifying glass over my heart and my soul And really just seeing everything for what it is, you know, seeing all of my wounds, seeing all of my hurt and seeing all of the ways that I react rather than respond, Um, seeing all of the subconscious beliefs and like the, the negative thinking, the inner critic that comes up, which I have sometimes referred to on my Instagram. Yeah, it really feels like a magnifying glass is being held over every part of my psyche, every part of my mind, my brain. And I've needed to have self-compassion. And I have always come back to it because as I'm going through all of this change, I have been hard on myself. I have been mean to myself in moments thinking that, you know, I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of healing. I should be further ahead or I shouldn't be feeling this still. That's been the main one that's come up is like, I shouldn't still like, I, I shouldn't still be feeling this emotion. I shouldn't still be feeling this attachment um, or this pain from something that happened so long ago. And so every time I notice that I get stuck in that loop of I shouldn't um, or feeling judgment or guilt for some of these things that are still coming up, I have to invite in a sense of self-compassion. I have to, yeah, like work with myself to really be like, okay, like Meg, you got to be more self-compassionate. You have to be more kind to yourself. You have to give yourself permission. Know that it's okay. Know that these things are still surfacing because they're deep and they're, they meant a lot to you and whatever it is that's coming up, like it takes time. And I know that there's this, almost like pressure to work through things and like heal them and then let them go. And like, once you become aware of a deep wound that you've held since childhood, it's like, okay, like let's release this, like let's let it go now. And then it's almost, there's pressure that it should be gone really quickly. And so the other lesson for me with that is patience and really leaning into the yin energy and really leaning into surrender and knowing that with time, they will get there. With time, they will be released. With time and more healing and more space, um, eventually I will let go of them and they will be healed. But yeah, (laughs) patience is huge. Um, Patience is like a big it's a big thing. We often forget, you know, we're in a, and, and with that, with me forgetting to be patient, I also 
can respect the fact that it's because we live in a society where things happen so fast. And because I'm so used to things happening um, very quickly with my smartphone, with my laptop, you know, where I live in the city, everything's go, go, go. And I need to be more compassionate when I do feel the pressure to move quickly. And when I haven't been patient for certain aspects or certain things, it's like, okay, let's be self-compassionate then. If we haven't been patient and we're noticing like, oh, you know, I really need to be more patient. It's like, okay, well, let's be self-compassionate first and be easy on ourselves. Truly like be easy on yourself. So if there's one takeaway from this episode, it's really, truly be easy and gentle and kind with yourself uh, because I know how harsh and critical we can be on ourselves as humans and so yeah if there's one thing you take away let it be that please (laughs) Um, invite in some compassion towards yourself invite in some love and tending to yourself and there's no rush yeah I think that's about all I have to say (laughs) for this episode. Um, If you have listened all the way through, then I appreciate you deeply. Thank you. Uh, It means the world that you take time out of your day to listen to me speak. And I hope that this was of service to you. And I hope that this was of benefit in some way. And if nothing landed, then that's okay. Um, And if something did, then take it. (laughs) I am going to leave it here. I am sending you love and light and strength. If anything came up that you want to talk about, let me know. I would love to hear and I'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) Bye.